Recorded live. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing really well, actually. A lot going on. I'm sorry about the the delay. Um, what's going on? Oh, just that Sophia is here and her friend is coming and she wanted to make a cake and, you know, just nothing, nothing important. <laughs> cool. like, oh, Mom, where do I find these that she needs to make due to the leche? It's just funny stuff, but, you know, last minute thing, sorry. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good. How's the packing going? It's going pretty well, I have to tell you. I, I, for some reason, I feel like it's endless. Is it ever going to end? I mean, you know that at one point, I guess it ends, right? But it, it feels like it's never going to end. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a big job. It is. How did you do it? I mean, well, you're, you had a, what, three bedroom? I had three bedrooms, and um, <clears throat> I just did it a little bit at a time. And I gave away, I just put stuff that I was going to give away uh, in bags. And then I had somebody, well, I had help. So that's the other thing. Um, You know, married people don't usually do this because they, I don't know. I don't know why. But single parents, like, we feel totally entitled to ask for help. So I, in both cases, would have somebody, you know, bring stuff to Goodwill or wherever. Um, boomerangs or whatever and just give stuff away and I kind of did that on a regular basis anyway but especially when uh and then Moni's boyfriend um I would pack everything up and labeled all the boxes really well and then he came in one day and just organized all the boxes so like bedroom boxes in this corner uh kitchen boxes in that corner you know like so that it yeah. was really organized for the movers. Um, yeah, that would and, be, you know what, that would be awesome. And that's something I'm curious, you know what, that, that we have a couple of teenage neighbors that may be able to help with that. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a very good idea because we have them really labeled, but it does make a difference if they're all organized so the movers don't have to look at each bag and see. It's a lot more efficient, right? Yeah. Totally Great efficient. Idea. And then... And then when they move you, it's like they just put everything in the proper room and you just like tell them which, so then you just, and then you know where everything is and it it just, um, but I also had someone help me pack and unpack. Like I, you know, I went through Mm. it, but I also had someone help and that made a huge, the first time I packed for one trip to to Maine, I didn't, I mostly did it myself. And I wish I had not done that. I wish I had gotten some help there because some stuff is just sort of automatic, like your your dishes and your wine glasses or whatever. But, um, like, you don't need to do it all yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What? You know, it's 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 actually it's pretty good. We're we're doing pretty good, and it's it's gonna good. happen. You know, 
Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's just, uh, you know, the little details and whatnot. And remember that Stefan has been here 24 years, so there's a lot yeah. of... Not just a, a lot pack of rat? stuff, but... Uh, he's not a pack rat. It's weird. I mean, what it is is that he hates getting rid of stuff because it takes away from other stuff that he can be doing, which he, he enjoys, even mm-hmm. if it's creating mm-hmm. another website. So things just... And he was a fanatic with... with um, vacuums and other little things so we found like six <laughs> different vacuums yeah it's crazy oh my god that is hilarious yeah yeah it is so we we actually we have taken my car i have a crv packed to the gills to goodwill like two or three times okay. and we're ready to yeah. go for another load but it would be beautiful to have somebody else come and take it i yes. would love that but, just do that just have someone else i mean that's the thing like especially yeah. as an entrepreneur i outsource a lot of stuff like i have someone do my yeah. filing i have Someone help me organize. I have, you know, Monique, like Moni's going to Ikea for me to get a meditation chair. Like there are just certain things I don't get to, but need to be done. And right. that's one thing of being a single parent I've really learned, which is outsource stuff. Yeah. Very, very good idea. Very good idea. Great. Because, you know, like our time <clears throat> is uh, most usefully spent and most, um, you know, uh, prosperously spent like our doing yeah. other things but that doesn't mean the other things shouldn't get done you know and but someone else is really good at those things so yeah I've really enjoyed having a big entourage and also it fuels the economy like paying other people to do stuff it's it's good it's good for everyone yeah absolutely yeah that's a very good point and then you use your time for what is most valuable exactly. that nobody else can do that's great your highest yeah. and best use exactly right what yeah. is Stefan's highest and best use. It is not sorting through shit, you know? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there's certain things that he's the only one that needs to go through because I have no idea. Otherwise, I would just get rid of everything to tell you the truth. But yeah. someone can do that with him. Like, there's a, I hired someone, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, who's actually good at that. Like, a, um, there's a woman who does moves, who, who helps people do this is what she does for a living. She's yeah. a no, no, no. That, that I hired someone, and I think for the for the card stuff, she was here for like I don't know five days or something. So yeah, we did that. Right. Yeah, yeah that was good. But you just have so to what is, sit down and go through it with him. You know, like he can't do right. it himself, so yeah, you might need someone true. to do it. Well, so what All else right. is good in your life? Um, Tell me a couple well, of good things. Yeah, um, I've lost a few pounds and they're staying off and I'm still ovulating. I'm having a really lovely cycle and I feel really good. I have been doing, um, I went biking, you know, I've been exercising a little bit, went for a bike ride with Saoirse yesterday and I think, you know, Saoirse is getting ready. Um, Her behaviors lately have been really challenging um, I don't know if that's the age. Like, I don't really know what should be normal and accepted and what could be the sign of something else that I should be reading. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, one hypothesis is that maybe she's ready to be out of the house a little bit more. Um, yeah. Although she, lo- like she, she loves being in the house. And we have a very rich environment. She has wonderful little toys and books. And she loves being here. Like, she could just sit here and play all day. But... Right. Uh, and we have to force her to get out of the house. Um, huh. But I'm... I'm so she, she's not really wanting to get out of the house much? No. But when she does, she really enjoys it. 
Then, mm-hmm. like, she'll go to the fire station and look at the fire truck. She'll go to the library and have a, you know, nice time. We'll go to the beach, and when she's there, she loves it. Um, and when we take a bike ride, she's like, no, no, no. But then when she does it, she has a really wonderful time. So when she leaves, she doesn't want to leave. But then when she does, she has a good time. So you know what it is? That is, that is actually not about the house or the outdoors or whatever you go. It's about transition. Okay. Because that's exactly what would happen with Sophia. She would be, there's something about the stability of the place that she's in that is very just relaxing to Feels her good. system. It feels good. It's just, it's just, you know, this is peaceful. And having to go someplace else, the transition is hard. So we know one, I mean, it still is. That's part of who she is. So one of the things is that, you know, it's just warning and, you know, like letting her know this is going to happen and it's going to happen, you know, in a, in a small increment in a way or just, you know, getting her system ready. We're going to go out yeah. and what's going to happen and, uh, and we're going to have a great time. And, you know, and it's like, okay, let's go. But still the transition, like I noticed, there's, it's, there's almost like there's a challenge in the getting out of the house, but there's also a challenge in whatever activity coming back to whatever, you know, it's just that, yeah. She doesn't usually have a challenge coming back. And like if we're at the beach for a while, she'll be like, go home. So she'll, okay. she'll tell me when she's ready. Um, or, and then when she's out there, you know, she doesn't have transitions other places. There's <clears throat> a house. There's getting out yep. of the house. Getting out of okay. the house. Yeah. Because that's probably um, her safety place, right? She, she feels great here. Like, we have tons of fun here. You know, we really do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we paint and we draw and we read and she plays. She's a very, uh, she's very good at concentrating and focusing. And mm. she deeply gets into something. And she's been like that since the very beginning. And it's a beautiful quality. Yeah. <laughs> but I have noticed that if I give her a little time to transition and instead of just like bing, bang, boom, yeah. it does work better. And also what I've noticed is if I put her in the, um, the tula or the ergo and carry, you know, or the stroller and get her out that way, if she feel, you know, she feels better that way. Like there's a little um, container. Yeah, a little container. Yeah. Yeah. She's also yeah. been having a hard time with naps lately, and she's challenging, doing really challenging things like, <clears throat> uh, she's playing with her saliva <laughs> and spitting it out, and she is playing with her poop. Although that only happened once or twice, and I had a very strong reaction to the first time, which was actually a little bit too strong. Um, she's only done it a couple times, but she was like, "Mama." I'm putting my hand in my diaper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, she'll get into different, like, slightly dangerous positions. Like, she's challenging all my health and safety guidelines, which mm-hmm. are, like, my, my, my things are important to me. Like, you know, not eating slimy, dirty stuff. Mama, I'm touching slime. You know, she'll be like, <laughs> or, you know, Mama, I'm, on the ch- I'm jumping on the chair. I'm not holding on. You know, so like, wow. like so she's really, like, remind me, is she is she two two and she's two and a half exactly today? Okay, that that's exactly when Sophia started. You know that they call it. It's it's just like really, uh, you know what? Somebody described it as a first um, adolescence, the first teenage yeah. years. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he felt like. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. You're like two, two and a half years old. Right. Two and a half. 
Yeah. And it's like she's just, you know, pushing the boundaries. And it's, yeah. just, it's just actually a desire to really know how far she can go. So underneath it, it's actually a really a need for, and I did, I did attend a couple of really fabulous trainers that these, these uh, like, uh, the, like childhood development psychologist. He's, he's yeah. fabulous. So he's a total attachment parenting, and he, he's fabulous. You can look him up. I don't know if he ever comes to Boston. He lives around here. That's why. Um, he, his name is Kim John Payne. He's uh, Australian but lived in England many years. Kim, I think, K-I-M, John Payne. His last name is P-A-Y-N-E. And I'm pretty sure okay. he, has, he definitely has workshops and, you know, um, he's a total Hartsburg parent and Sophia was, <coughs> you know, very close to, to his family for a while. And he said it's, it's very, very important that he, told, he talked about the city rules where you actually come Whenever something happens that they push the boundaries, it's just totally normal. This is the age where they're actually totally figuring you out, like how much they can push. Mm-hmm. And you have to do three things. First one is you come down to the – so you stop whatever you're Oh, doing. yeah, you told me about this. You told me about yeah. this, and I've used that. Yep, I've done that. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like – not said, okay, and yeah. – But you come like eye to eye. You come to the level, eye to eye. eye, to yeah. eye. yeah. And yeah. uh, and let me tell you, and it was it was amazing because there were parents there that said, well, our children are 13. What do we do? You do the exact same thing. Because if that was not put in place back then, you have to install it now. You otherwise you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So that when you mean okay. something, you mean something. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's activity in the background because I have this toy that's packed. I'm in the closet, and there's a toy that. Um, keeps going off like in the box so I had to open the box and get the toy and I'm like in the middle of a business meeting and this toy is like going into song mode so I had to find oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Yeah oh. so anyway like I am definitely responding and um, there are times when she does that and she says mama when I do that mama don't look at me like that. <laughs> so uh. she really doesn't like it when I get down there. But, and sometimes I've been losing my patience, like, um, you know, oh, the other thing she does is she spits out food or she throws things. She throws toys and she throws sand and she throws food. And, the, I, you know, I spend a ton of money on organic food, which is really expensive. Yeah. And we talked about this before. And, you know, I don't even let her feed herself anymore because she always throws the food on the floor and it pisses me off. And, and like the other day, you know, she ha- was drinking juice and then she spits them on the floor. So she's just pushing. And I'll say, mm-hmm. yeah. yes, no, that's not acceptable behavior. So anyway, I, um, it's not fun for me to, to feel impatient and like, you know, I'm hypersensitive to being abusive. <laughs> yeah. So um, <clears throat> I don't think I'm abusive, but, you know, this is not as like the sweet loving phase of the first nine or, you know, 18 months. It's like a whole no. different yeah, it's a whole different phase, and I still adore her, love her, and and you know we have a very loving relationship. But it's it's a whole different thing to be, and I think I'm being firm and boundaried, and like she'll you know she'll be riding the bike, and she'll be you know I'll say Sirsha, don't lean out to the side, or you know, uh-huh. and be, and she'll start doing it, you know, right. which is dangerous. Yeah. And I I'll yeah. stop the bike and I'll say you know that's dangerous. You can't do that. 
Um, <clears throat> so she's. Well, you know what? Crazy. One of the things. One of the things that uh, I remember very clearly that uh, this guy talked about and I used it a lot was natural consequences. Uh-huh. Because they understand that. So, for example, one of the things it's not. It's, it's just for example, like she, you get off the bike and she's she's on her seat, right? So she's kind of trapped, right? She's strapped in in the front, uh, at the little front rider. She's a front seat. Right. So what I would do is, like, see, when you tilt, you get off the bike and you move it enough to the side that she feels the gravity and a bit of a scary feeling of pulling uh, over. Oh, yeah. That's a good or idea. Where you say, you know, if, you, yeah. if, I'm driving, if I'm riding and you go to the side, this is what's going to happen and we can both fall and really get hurt. And she's going to, it's going to feel the startle in her body. It's going to be like, whoa, you know? Uh, <clears throat> With the, not so much that it, you know that you do it, you know, but you do it gently. You say this is what could happen, and we could both really hurt. With the food, it's like okay, so that means that you really don't want any more food, and I, you just you know for take quite it a, away. a little while, yeah, yeah take it away. Yeah. Sophia would have food with food; she would just not want to eat whenever we would all eat, uh, and then she was like, you know, it would be nine or bedtime, and she's like, I'm starving, mama, and I would give her food, of course. And then I, re- you know, I started warning her and letting her know she was throwing and playing with her food. And then I said, you know what? This is eating time. If you're not hungry right now, it's okay. But by bedtime, there's not going to be any food. So I would suggest you eat even a little bit so you don't get yeah. starving. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. it's just pushing the boundaries of, like, bedtime. Yeah. It wasn't about yeah. hunger. It was, like, you know, just everything else. Yeah. So it's it's challenging. It really is challenging. And I think that. It, it's okay if you lose your patience a little bit as long as you're clear of, I think that if you plan, if you know ahead of time, like, okay, what are what would be the natural consequence here? Yeah. What could happen? Yeah. So you're a little bit more, you know, calm and being clear and, you know, you'll be clear, you can be confident and you can be very loving and caring because from that place, it's like, you know, this is what it is. If you play with your yeah. food, you cannot eat. Clearly that just lets me know you're not hungry. We're not throwing food away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Play with I should expect it and just be prepared for it, as opposed to every time being like, "Oh my God, I can't believe," you know. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, you know they say that from here. It's going to be a couple of months there that she's going to keep on pushing until she's like, "Oh, okay," you know. But she's going to find different things to push. You'll see. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sophia, we would go out. We would go out, right? And she would have this beautiful dress. And she would find a, 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 you know, a puddle of mud. Yeah. And she would yeah. inch closer and call me. So, you know. It yeah, wasn't just exactly. Yeah. You know? And, but you know what I, I learned? I was like, I know. And, and on one hand, it's like, fuck, right? You know, it's like this. She has this beautiful light green dress with flowers, blah, blah, yeah, blah, my yeah, favorite. Yeah. And then I would, think, I would take a deep breath, and I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? It just right. loses a dress. And she's going to yeah, have a blast. Exactly. And I would just yeah. let go. And then she would stop. That's the other thing. Thing. Letting, yeah. yeah. The, the, thing, the thing that for me was huge, Dev, was what is safety and what is just my own clothes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because totally. it's like clothes, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know. It's like, oh, well. She but like eating, more. you know, she'll pick up cigarette butts. One of the, she's always had right. this, like, desire. She has this amazing attunement to tiny, filthy things. She's always been fascinated with the smallest, dirtiest thing she can find. Like, and in any room, she makes a beeline for the slime or the filth. And, you know, it's so fascinating that she's been like that. So we'll be at the beach and she'll pick up a cigarette butt. And, you know, so it's just, 
and those are my my like hard lines are around health and safety and right. and then just like dirty you know messiness at home well I have to learn to put up with that a little bit so yeah yeah um, for now but, yeah well the, you know the other was, issue uh, go ahead tell me no 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 well I was thinking I wonder if she does feel your the the you know the tension in you and she's pushing it yes so I think like, that's right yep. You know. This is a soft yeah. spot for mom, so I'm going to, uh, for mama, so I'm yeah. going to just poke at it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how much yeah. it actually make. Because when you riled up, it's kind of, it could be kind of exciting, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. I can get a good reaction out of mama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the other day she was sitting at the uh, table and she, uh, totally out of the blue, randomly, she said, I was doing the laundry and she said, Mama, buy a baby. Oh. Yeah, she really, she, and she says it often. And then I was like, you know, if I get a baby, that baby might have to nurse from mama's nipples. How would you feel about that? <laughs> and she sort of like took it in and didn't respond. Like she really, huh. Because when I hold another baby, like when Lisa comes over and I'm holding Cece, um, uh-huh. or I held Sarah, who's a little baby from in the neighborhood here, She'll come over and she'll say, milky, and she'll want to, you know, I put the baby down and she nurses. So right. she's quite possessive, you know. So it would be, it would be a thing. Um, but mm. I think she, it's really interesting. So anyway. But she did, did she respond or she just like, realized, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait did a minute. Let me think about this. She didn't respond. Right. She took it in. She just like, yeah. she had that wa- eyes wide open. Let me process this. Huh. Yeah. Let me think about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And it's like, okay. But she's getting ready. She's definitely like wanting wanting more. Like, yeah, some, some, I think yeah. so. Wanting a bigger tribe. And, um, and I mean, she's super happy the way it is. But I think it would be, I think it would be just fine. And I'm kind of excited. I've been reading, um, I've been reading about Waldorf, and I think I finally get what you're, what you said about it. Yeah. Um, like I'm finally really getting it on a visceral level. And one of the yeah. things that I'm, I think this fall, we're going to do two classes. We're going to do a mother, a parent child play group again at Waldorf, and I think we're going to do the parent child one at Radio Amelia as well. Have you are you familiar with Radio Amelia? Yes, yes, yeah, and I loved it, and I had those two choices, and for a variety of reasons, we went with Waldorf, but she was going to go either Regio Emilia or Waldorf, yes. That is so interesting how similar we are. So, yeah, yeah, we're going to do both, and then we'll see. There's a cool one in Andover. They're both kind of a drive away, and, um, but I'm super excited because... I feel like she's ready and I feel like I'm ready for her to have these experiences and I'm going to be involved in it. So I'm going to be parent child in both cases, but I think mm-hmm. it will be super. Um, and I'll just see how she responds. And <clears throat> one of the things that I have felt strongly about is not sort of overimposing hyper, you know, American hyper competition to Saoirse too soon. And yes. Waldorf totally honors that Waldorf yeah. that like I, that, that really resonates. And I've been trying to understand because the anxieties my parents and her, their friends had with Waldorf in the beginning, um, 
it represents now in retrospect, it represents their misunderstanding of, of the process. And so they were yes. looking at like, you know, other kids my age and being prepared and not prepared for the world. And mm-hmm. um, I get it now. I get it. I totally, yeah. totally, totally get it. And I'm probably yeah. going to teach her how to read anyway. So even if she's not learning how to read in school at Waldorf, she's probably going to be because she loves reading. And I read to her constantly. And she's beginning to read, read to me, and, you know, like not actually reading, but reading book, you know, high, narrating books and what's happening on the But you know what, and, I have to tell you, I will, I will, I mean, if just test it because, we read to Sophia constantly, and she would read to me. She would grab the book and tell me the whole yeah. story because, of course, she has yeah. to you know, drawing, and she knows, she knows it by heart. And I never pushed to, in, you know, in inviting her to read. She uh, and, and Waldorf, they really don't push it in right. any way. Right. And she is insane about reading. I mean, this girl is, yeah. has been so – because nobody has ever pushed her. And I remember having yeah. a lot of parents saying – Oh, they don't read. I don't know what to do. Da, 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 da. And and Sophia has like sometimes three books that she's reading at a time. She you know wow. yeah, just like gets bored, bored of another one, goes into another one, goes into another, and it's like oh, it's insane. Her favorite place is the library. She can live there. So the thing, um, yeah, no, I totally, I totally, totally support that. And the thing that what I and the the fact that Sophia, well, first of all, Sophia is probably brilliant given you know your lineage, like you and stuff. But um, I. I think I'll probably do a combination of different educational styles over the life course because, I, you know, if you look at Waldorf, one of the things I did was look up, you know, who are, like, where do Waldorf, if someone who's gone to Waldorf all through their entire education, what are they doing in the world? And most mm-hmm. of them are sort of skewed towards the arts, which is wonderful. But I don't want to... Like, I want, like, you don't see a lot of CEOs. I think there might be one CEO I found who was Waldorf. Um, But if she has a combination of different exposures, like, she needs to learn how to deal with kids in public school, and she needs to learn how to deal with kids with a super competitive, you know, you know, like I just think combination. We'll see what how it goes, but that's sort well. Of I have I'm to tell you, I a hundred percent agree, Deb, and it's going to actually come up for her. I I never Sophia was so attached to to Hartsburg, to Waldorf that I was like yeah. she's going to go. You know, whatever we do, she's going to you know I'm going to support whatever she needs. And then it became too small for her, and and she was yeah. the one that said I need to go to the public school. The Amherst is rated in one of the yeah, up in the whole country, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and her adjustment was seamless. I know, and she that is incredible. That is incredible to me. So that was really reassuring, and uh, yeah, because I was really afraid. I mean, to the point that when yeah. she said, "Do you support me in these?" and I said, yeah, all doors are open. I'll fully support you. You need to go back to Waldorf. We'll go back to Waldorf. Whatever, whatever you want to do is fine." And she was like, "Mom, this is easy. I love it. It's great." And also Fantastic. the one thing to that to that point, the one thing I want to share, a couple of things. The first one is that she was in a school that they know her they knew her since she was two and now she yeah. is, she was actually fourteen, right? Right. And because it was a tiny school, she was and she loved performing, so she was gonna you know, she was gonna she was one of the prime people for the theater. Well here she's with a high school, I don't know how many kids there are, and there's a lot of kids that are great actors. 
Yeah. So there was a competition, and she said, Mom, I really need to take some acting classes because uh, this is not a small place. There's a lot of, you know, I need to know yeah. more. And I'm like, great, we'll do that. Yeah. So that's one of the competitions. <clears throat> that it was just, you know, the natural consequence or the natural, you know, this is what happens in the real world. And the other but thing the that I want to share. But the beautiful thing yeah, about that is that she is at a time when now she's prepared to deal with the American competition as opposed to putting it on her too soon. So Absolutely. it's like at a beautiful moment when, you know, like we have to all cope with the American competition, which is brutal, right. but not when they're five or two. Right. You know? <clears throat> yeah, even as babies, I do remember how the kids compare, like, what, you know, head size and what words they said. And oh, they crawl, turn over. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, you know, whatever. Right. The, the other thing I want to share with you, the last point that I find it very important is that. Remember that not all Waldorf schools are made equal, so it's going to make right. a big impact. You know, who's a teacher? Do you connect? You know, there's, yeah. there's so many pieces, right? So I know that we, we landed with incredible, incredible teachers, and not all of them were fabulous. You know, she had right. one German teacher, like, you know, in, in kindergarten that came with people coming over to me, and she's like, she keeps on hugging me. Is there something going on at home? And I was like... She's a very affectionate child, <laughs> you know. She, she's just hugging you, but as a German woman, she was not uh, Isn't that weird? Those Germans, yeah, that is weird. <laughs> and I was like, she keeps on hugging me, and I'm like, yeah, she's a little, you know, four-year-old, and she's very affectionate, you know. So anyway. that is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, those little kids, <laughs> those little situations. But so, and are you going to be coming sometime this? Or you're just staying put over I don't there. think so. Think? I don't think so because I don't, I don't think I can move to Northampton for a while. Right. So it makes sense to just explore more what you have in here. It I'm sounds like you have found a good neighborhood. Well, I'm just renting right now, and but Swampscott's a great town. I don't know what's going to happen. And um, So moving on to the Warren thing, we had a long conversation and he actually, I, I had a question to him, which is what's going to happen with the economy, given all this bullshit with, you know, the trade agreements with um, Trump and, and he said, uh, because I've been deciding, you know, should I buy something here? Part of me is like, I should put my money and make use of it. But part of me is like, maybe, you know, shit's going to hit the fan. I should keep liquid. So I have cash in case I have to, um, you know, like use the income I made from the sale of my house to survive. Like I don't want to have right. it tied up necessarily in a huge mortgage if, because I my work is pretty sensitive to the economy because it's, um, mm. you know, corporations cut back on me, people like me more than, anyway, <clears throat> he said, yeah. you know, he thinks that there's going to be an adjustment in November and then that, it's much more ominous after that because of all the fascism in the world, you know, not only with Trump, mm-hmm. but in Italy and Asia and, <clears throat> you know, the UK and that he is divesting as much as he can from Tata Technologies and he sold his house and he's putting as much as he can into cash. Uh, no. So that makes me think that, um, you know, maybe I shouldn't buy <clears throat> and I should okay. just keep renting for a while and, I've been looking, but I, I, you know, there have been some places I've made an offer on here in Swampscott, but 
I just don't want to get into a huge mortgage. It's going to be a stretch for me, which normally is a good idea because you're just paying yourself. um, And over time, a big mortgage mortgage becomes smaller as inflation happens and, and you get more and more uh, your pay increases. But um, I don't think it's the right thing to do right now. So it doesn't seem like a, well, just what he said was really uh, convincing. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. he's he's got this global position. He sees what's happening, and he's making personal decisions. That um... so anyway, uh, let's move on to get back to that in a second. The session we had was really intense and super powerful, and I'm feeling less anxious. I sort of like just tapped through it and. Um, like I, you know, getting to the abortion thing, like I did kill a sentient being. I mean, I think that yeah. that is the truth. Yeah, I did. And then, and you know what, Deb? We don't have. Well, let's see where where we go and what's important. If you want to address the Warren thing that you just were talking about in your personal thing, or the abortion, because the abortion, I actually talked briefly with Stefan, and he said, you know what? There needs to be. We have to do a healing session where you actually talk with that soul. Yeah, that's a good idea. And just like really do a do a healing session so you just feel at peace. The you know, if you need to if you feel like apologizing or expressing, you know, whatever it might be, uh so you can really just at a spiritual level put it in the past and just, you know, be at be at peace with it. Well, there's a really interesting book I read at the time because I was uh, really struggling with it afterwards. Like I, I had sort of unmanageable, or not unmanageable, but, but overwhelming grief for two years. Like I would just be sitting on the bus and then burst into tears. Like it would just totally, um, like it was brutal. And I still have tears about it. But there was a book that said, it was a really interesting book about abortion and that um, motherhood, it's like the dark side of motherhood. There's, motherhood mm-hmm. is not only loving, compassionate, caring. Like mothers make really tough choices sometimes, yeah. and that's part yeah. of motherhood. And like you, um, like when my mom was pregnant with my sister, she killed a hedgehog in the yard because it was going after her vegetables. <laughs> like she just like whacked it, you know? Wow. Not something that she would do in a normal but motherhood there's there's an aggression to it. Yeah. And I I'm not summarizing that very well articulately because I it's been years since I read it but it made sense to me that like we make for the ultimate highest and best survival of our children we make really tough choices sometimes. Yeah. And this was one of them because um I was protecting the highest and best interest of the child that I eventually would have by not having that child. Right, right. But, you know, you know, maybe it was a mistake, and I have to sort of, I might even talk to Seamus about it because, you know, maybe, um, anyway, so, yeah, I think we should have a whole session on it, but not this one. So let's talk about yeah. Warren. Okay. So you had a thought about Warren. What was it? Well, I actually, my thought about Warren is um, is that I'm very glad that he's, for, for some reason, you were talking, you mentioned something, and what came to me, Deb, is that the possibility, just, just a, 
oh, how can I put it? Like almost like an ethereal thing, like an, a spiritual thing of what if, you know, his wife either passes, you know, dies or gets over these. Like this is going to be, you know, a period of time. And then he's going to be freer. His wife is going to be more settled. You know, I'm glad that he's selling the house in, in Michigan, yeah. Missouri, whatever it is. And yeah. uh, and the fact that he reached out to you is something that, okay, what, what if this is it? And it's going to be from here to like, you know, six, eight months or something like that, that he's going to have, you know, more space in his life. But the fact that he reached out, I think, speaks volumes. He didn't, what uh, do you mean he reached out? He didn't reach didn't out. Didn't he, didn't he reach, I said that he reached out to you in your message, you know? Um, no, remember I had gotten those. Um, but this last conversation that you had, that was like, you know, that was a long, The last conversation, conversation he said, yeah, let's talk again in two weeks. So that piece, yeah. So he set yeah. the agenda for that. He said, let's talk again for, in two weeks so we stay close. So that, yeah. you, is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. Now, is that's he... Um, okay. What happened here? Um, I was trying to, to look at those the, the notes that you sent me, the text. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yes. So, and what about the idea that he's moving, possibility of moving to Gothenburg? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool for you as well? Yeah, because one of the things I was thinking, even before this conversation the other day, I was at my friend Rochelle's house, and I said, you know, maybe, I was like, you know, I we were talking about where to live and where should I live, and I said, you know, well, maybe I should really make it clear to the universe that I want to meet someone from who's a Danish or um, Norwegian or, yeah, because um, I'd really like, those are great places to live versus the U.S. right now from an environmental standpoint and from a political standpoint. And then he brought up this Gothenburg thing, and I was like, whoa. So that would be a total possibility. I've even been to Gothenburg, so, um, and I liked it. So, sure. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is. It's very interesting. So you'll so – it, it, it's so it's so fascinating. Like he wants, he has to, he wants to remain close. How, what are how are your feelings? Because what I want to, what I'm really interesting. That and, and if you haven't, please start tapping. I know we'll be jogging so much, and I'm like, oh yes, tapping. How do you feel about? Because it feels, it seems a little bit that reigniting a little bit of the the pilot flame of that connection, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it's. It's almost always, it's there between us, like it's a thing. And so if I see him again it, it or talk to him again, it gets reignited, right? Yeah. But part of me is like, you know, um, until he's ready, you know, I don't, like it could be six or eight months or it could be 10 years that he's, and I guess I had the other thing that reassured me um, because I wasn't sure, like, this attachment to her, this this connection, like, this continual, he's still choosing taking care of her over taking care of us. And understanding... Well, and overtaking, hold on, it's actually even over taking care of himself. Um, I Yeah, but I think it's actually taking care of his kids, because he's what, what he's right. trying to do is 
prop her up so his children have a better chance of having a mother, right. um, a better. So I see it as, you know, even beyond taking care of his own guilt and feelings of responsibility or remorse, it's mm-hmm. like, um, and when he described to me what this, because I even asked him, I said, he was like, you know, she has stopped drinking and she's um, in treatment and um, and she's sort of reemerging and everyone is like tentative, tentative about, you know, is this going to last and can we really, so no one's really reengaging, but everyone is sort of like um, open to the possibility and waiting to see what happens. And I sort of said, it sounds like a, you know, an opportunity for reconciliation too, if she's, you know, healing these things. And he said, he kind of giggled and he said, there's no way that's going to happen. And then he said, the doctor said that the level of alcoholism she's had, it restructures the brain and it's irreversible. And so she's just a completely shell of a human, you know? So there's that helped me understand, like I haven't met her, so I don't actually know, you know, I don't know, but all I know is that he's got this, you know, tie that he keeps uh, choosing over us. And mm-hmm. so it really helped me understand what he's doing. And I, I understand it. And it makes sense. Like I would, his highest commitment is his children. And this is a part of it. And my yeah. highest commitment is my child. And that makes sense to me. In fact, I respect it. Right. Yeah. So Absolutely. it helps me understand his choices and not feel like, oh, it's her over me. You know, it's not like that at all. Yeah. Like she's a shell of a human. It's kind of amazing. He's even stayed with her this whole long. Like there's been no relationship there really. You know, it's not been a, it's more just like, this is the mother of my child. I have to try to prop her up as much as I can for my kids. Right. Yeah. That makes sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah, I think that it's extremely healing for his children if you know, this is this is their mom and it's amazing. Kids kids just even if the parent is not healthy and even abusive, look look in your case, right? And mine as well. It's like even we still we still care and we still want our our parent even however messed up they were. They're still our parents, so it's it's yeah, it is very significant, and she gets into a decent place that she can be present for them in some way. Yeah, she she can be a real person that can have a real honest conversation, like a you know like a real conversation with someone, right. as opposed to a drunken conversation, you know, or, or like a fucked up conversation. So I totally get that, and then she said the boys are struggling with why did why did you choose your alcoholism over us? And so he he has, he has a very deepening psychological understanding, which is really, really good because that's getting closer to my level of sophistication here, which is awesome. Great. That's really great. So is he actually seeing someone or is he having some support, I hope? I don't know. I I keep, like, I don't, I mention it at, like, one of my texts after we spoke before this time, like a few weeks ago, was I hope, I really hope you're getting support because it's a complicated situation. 
And yeah. you often put other people in front of your own needs. And it would be great for you to have an advocate just for you and your highest and best interest, um, you know, because you put yourself last. Um, right. And he didn't answer. Like he said before, I don't like therapy. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But whatever it yeah. is, at least he's getting sophistication through his kids' therapies. And maybe he's involved with theirs. And even if it's secondhand, yeah. whatever, like, you know, he's of getting course, it. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, he's getting support, yeah, yeah, or he's deepening his psychological insight to the situation. Yeah. Which so, is, where are you at? What do you need, Dev? What where are you at with the situation, and how how um, how can you navigate this time where is um, you know you continue with your life, he continues with his, you interact, you know, your paths cross in a in a lighter way, and. Um, how is, how is that, that? What does that feel to you? Um, it feels mixed because it could be six or eight months or it could be 10 years. And um, I don't want, like, there's nothing guaranteed here. You know, there's no, we don't know. You know, I don't know. And even let's just say she heals, you know, it's going to be, she's still going to need to be propped up. And if she dies, then, you know, he's going to have a grieving period. Um, and so I don't want it to be, I like the idea of, that you presented of me having several options and staying open to other men, you know, having other men come in and I don't want Warren to just close me off to other people, like my feelings for him. And, you know, I don't know if it makes sense to talk every two weeks. Because that would sign me up. Or how can I do that and stay open to other options? It would be interesting to find out if actually talking every couple of weeks, it would be, it would, because it could be just like, you know, this is nice. And it could actually, you could, I would test it for sight and see, is this something that gets your juices going? And then you feel more attractive to look around. And to be attracted to other men, you never know, you know, if you oh, actually get that. Yeah, yeah. I I remember it's not necessarily if you, you know, the the the, the big if is can you just remain open or the fact that you are connecting with him every couple of weeks means in any way that you're waiting for him. That's a complete. I think opinion. I think that's how it feels. That I am okay. kind of waiting for him. That's how it feels. Okay. That won't work. That won't work. Right, exactly. So the, either I have to find a way to to compartmentalize that inside myself, um, right. uh, so that he's one option. But I, it would be great to have many options. It would really be, like you said, to get this sort of, you know, I don't know, this part of me that's a that's a magnet to many men. Um, exactly. So that I've got multiple options to consider, and then I, you know, then one becomes the inevitable choice. Yeah, just like it's there's no there's no question about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds like. So, would talking to him be something that would not work for you? I don't know. The other thing that I find really, you know, in this whole scenario is, you haven't even kissed, have you? No, exactly. We have no idea how the chemistry is. 
But yeah, because that's that's one thing that is like you know I would be I would be so curious to say okay you know what <laughs> when are you going to be around here well, probably his son is on vacation so on right not going to New Hampshire and whatnot but and the, but the other thing is yeah because I was going to say well just smooch the guy and see what happens but chemistry is so also conditional it's not like there or not at all it's right so conditional yeah. on so many other things and yeah. Yeah, if there's, you know, his head is not in the game or, you know, somewhere else. So it might be good to just, this is nice. I wonder if this is actually part of you being open open, and, you know, he's one of the many options that can come across. So Nettie yeah. was, you know, 13, 14-year-old that was just killer magnetic. Yes. Yeah. 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 Is there anyone at all, Deb, in the in your you know in your new area tribe place? Well, um, there was one guy I met at the beach who was Latvian, and I um, had a strong attraction to him. And we had a couple of conversations, but he's absolutely totally unfriendly. And that that it seemed that there was something going, but then nothing. I keep seeing him at the beach, but nothing nothing's moving on that. There seemed to be something. We were sort of eyeing each other and. Um, and I, I found him very attractive and interesting, um, but that's not going anywhere. Then there's a guy who lives in my complex who is a Jewish doctor. He's super nerdy. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so, but I think he's had kind of a curiosity. He's single and he's had a curiosity about me. So I could sort of, you know, open myself to that and, and sort of see, um, yeah. Other than that, there there isn't really anyone. Well, but we're talking about two two people here, and Warren is the third one. Yeah, two two men who have been on the you know on the radar that have sort of drifted in, and um, yep. What what about the one in your complex? Do you know any more about him or? Uh, one of the things that seems kind of unattractive is that like he'll walk by me and I'll be walking Saoirse and he'll say, you have a young child with, you know, a small child with small problems. I have bigger children with, you have bigger problems with, you know, so he's a little bit negative. (laughs) Um, But there's something sort of, you know, there's something sort of super, you know, some of these scientific guys are a little bit, socially yeah. weird. Um, I remember I was recently at an event and I sat next to a guy and I, who was so socially awkward and he was married to a normal woman, socially normal woman. And I was like, what the fuck? That is so weird. And then I found out he is a um, radiological oncologist. <laughs> no. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> And she would look at him with these big doe eyes, and they've been married for decades. But she'd look at, it, I was like, "What? She's married to this weird guy." But then I discovered, oh, and so I mean, that's a whole other way of, like, maybe some of these guys are lovely nerds to be married to, but they're just socially weird, and that's just a trade-off I, you know, will need to think about or consider. Um, so I, I'm sort of shifting my view on that because I'm. I don't know. I'm 
kind of my EI is a little advanced. And if someone, their EI is less advanced, you know, what would that be? But I don't know. So, yeah, I'm going to be open to it. And maybe uh, I'll start a, you know, we'll attract an, an opening for a conversation. Good. Yeah, to yeah. just, just, you know, like be like curious, right? Not yeah. about, like this is a potential partner, but this is an interesting person. I'm curious. I'm curious about it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. How? Where are you settled at? How? How are you feeling right in this moment? I feel really good in this moment. Actually, very, very good. Great. Great. Because I want to look that between. Did you? No, you haven't. Did you, have you scheduled anything in the next weeks or anything? For you? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to share that with you because I have, so this week, next week, and then I'm going on vacation and we're moving. So basically from like uh, July 27th through like mid-August, I'm not going to be very available. So okay, great. So Especially let's, for let's... these abortion thing that I wanted to like, would be great to get it out of the way. Yeah. And the reason why is both health-wise, Deb, and also relationship. Because when we yeah. have something kind of like a little dark cloud hanging over our head, yeah. sometimes yeah. it interferes with that whole, you had a whole theme of like, I cannot fully allow myself to be totally happy and have it all. Remember that? Right. Yeah, the whole guilt thing. What am I guilty yeah. about? Yeah. yeah. All right. So when are you available next week? Next week. Let's see. Next week. Tuesday, this time works, and then, oh, wait a minute, next week, actually, you have an, an appointment on Thursday at 4 p.m. We could potentially, if you wanted to, we, oh, could, yeah. do, we could do later this week or early next week if you wanted to. That could be a possibility. I don't know uh, if you want to do that or not. Well, I have look at Sorry, Yeah. Ahead. No, I was going to say you could also look at my calendar and see how you feel where you're at. Tell me about, like, next Tuesday. What do you have on next Tuesday? Next Tuesday right now I have a 9 a.m. 9 All right, let's take that. Okay. Shall we keep the Thursday at 4? Yeah, let's keep it. And then, and then you're gone until the middle of August. Well, I'm gone... I could potentially have on the the eighth. I may have some time. The eighth or ninth. Okay, what time on the eighth? August ninth. Uh, let's see. I can do I can do the eighth at eleven, or the ninth at uh, ten fifteen. Let's do the eighth at eleven. Okay. Perfect. Great. Good. Yeah, that's great because then we're... Excellent. Then, great. Yes, yes, great. Perfect. All right. Wonderful. So, yeah, notice notice what may percolate up from everything that we worked on today, and then next Tuesday we can, we can do our healing session. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it could be a regret. I may possible I made the wrong decision I mean at the time I I honor where I was at and I like I I stand behind 
the the woman I was at the time and what the what you know the situation seemed you know yeah. what seemed possible for me I have to stand behind that choice yeah. and with the spiritual understanding that I have now if I were in that situation if I had the spirit if I had the same level of spiritual understanding I have now back then I would have made a different choice right because I would have had more faith in God and the universe supporting me. But at the time, everything seemed a dead end. You know, it just seems. So I have to honor how, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that would be good to get over that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right, wonderful. So we'll we'll connect you you Tuesday. Sounds great. Okay. Have a wonderful wonderful day. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.